Welcome to HR in the Car with Miriam Duchesne and Tom Shin of Alant Workforce Solutions, where exciting HR professionals and business leaders share laughter, insider stories, and maybe even a few tears about HR in today's world. Buckle up for the best half hour of your week. Well, we have a fantastic guest up next. I think you folks are really going to enjoy meeting Joe Benio. I haven't laughed so hard in a long time just in terms of just any direction that you could go. I don't know if you felt the same way. I love talking to him because his energy is great, number one. He's into a lot of different things. Like I think of him as like the energizer bunny that doesn't slow down, doing a lot of great stuff in the community and just such a good guy. And of course, you know how much we love good guys around here. Well, and to me, what stood out was you saw that laundry list of things that he's involved with. Yeah. His his serial entrepreneurialism, I can't even say the word, serial entrepreneurialism. In addition, to the charitable interests and he seems so relaxed. Yeah. Right. I know he mentioned he had a couple more meetings to go, but you guys are going to really enjoy this conversation listening to him talk about one of his favorite charities and so much to tell. So listen in. Hey, listeners. Want to be among the first to discover the results of Alon's hiring index? Mark your calendars for a live in-person event on Tuesday, June 13th. This is your chance to get an exclusive look at the data and insights that will help you create strategies to shape the hiring landscape. But that's not all. You'll also hear from a panel of industry experts who will weigh in on the findings, offering valuable perspectives to help you stay ahead of the curve. Don't miss this opportunity to stay informed and connected. RSVP today at Alant.com and secure your spot for Alant's Hiring Index live event on June 13th. That's A-L-A-A-N-T dot com. Be part of the conversation June 13th and make an impact in the world of hiring. We can't wait to see you there. We've met before, we've talked, but I asked you how old you were Mm -hmm. because the list of things that you have done and accomplished in your career, frankly, in my opinion, is amazing stuff you should be extremely proud of. I hope to be. But I worry that you don't sleep. I do sleep. Okay. I sleep a good solid six, seven hours. Ooh, eight or nine is supposed to be what you do. I can't do eight. I really can't do eight. The six or seven is perfect. I get restless and I need to get up at that point. Yeah. Where does free time fit in? You know, it's really a lot of time management and making sure that I have time for myself. I, I tell it to friends of mine, staff of mine, to be able to, you know, balance out that life uh, style from there. So Joe, tell us, tell us a little bit more about you. Tell us about your business, Relentless, the other endeavors that you're involved sure. with. Give us like that quick 50,000 foot overview. 50,000 feet. 50,000 okay. feet. I always say 30,000 feet for some reason. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 is a good yeah. number. But 50, I always say 50. I, 50. I like 50 because that's, I mean, you're really way, way, way above. Yeah. Yeah, so you're seeing the real landscape. The curvature of the earth. See, if you will. there you go. See, I've always said fifty. Really, yeah. you guys say thirty, huh? Yeah, yeah. No I live at, it's at thirty thousand. Okay, I have a chance too. to live at thirty thousand, right? I'm going to hit maximum yeah. velocity yeah. and yeah. smack. Yeah. yeah. So, a bit about me, uh, the Joe Bonilla. During the day, I am managing partner, senior media director, and co-founder of Relentless Awareness. Uh, we are a creative strategy firm based in Albany, with two other offices in Greenville, South Carolina, and Las Vegas. 
work with a whole host of public and private entities um, solving complex communication challenges. But on top of which, I'm also a, I guess they would call it a serial entrepreneur as well. So I have started a craft coffee company in the region, Motor Oil Coffee, started uh, two years ago this month with my business partner. Congrats. Uh, thank you very much. From Relentless Rich Fazio. And also, um, I'm a partner at Two Buttons Deep. Uh, so if you're familiar with that on these social media, you'll find Two Buttons Deep doing a bunch of antics and a lot of fun influencer-based infotainment for the masses. I love the parking examples that show up. Oh, yeah, the worst Those, park jobs. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had to. T- so I'm gonna I'm gonna sidetrack for a second. Sure. I was in Troy uh, the other day, <clears throat> and I was driving past the Collar City Bridge, yep. trying to get back to 787. And there's a beat up pickup truck in front of me, just beat to hell. The back bumper, no joke, was in a V shape. Yeah. <laughs> duct taped to hold the two Vs oh, together, yeah, and you could see the sp- they use spray foam like you would use for your door or window. Yeah. To yeah. hold the other pieces together, and they sawed off it to make it flat. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot of effort to keep this Bumper. bucket of bolts from falling apart. I'm like the first time I'd seen spray foam. Duct tape, of course. You know, you expect to see some Bondo, but spray foam. But spray that's foam. what made me think of that. <laughs> now you almost ruined my train of thought. <laughs> 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 no, I, I can be back on track. I can be back on track. So, um, no, so again, in that sense of it, that's what I do on that, that top level. But let's talk about how I got there. Yeah. So my family's all from New York City, from Brooklyn. Moved up here when I was a kid. Went to elementary school, middle school in this neighborhood, in oh. this building, and the, the two buildings next door to the studio. Um, went to Albany High, went to UAlbany, got really involved at UAlbany, brought uh, President Clinton to campus, brought Barbara Walters to campus, had the opportunity to interview President Clinton on stage at the Steph Q Arena. And so after graduating with my degree in communications and public policy, I had two different job offers. One was to become a deputy campaign manager for a state senate race in Virginia that had done a lot of volunteer work in the political world, had a friend that was running a campaign down that way, or was to work as a media outreach manager for a firm in Saratoga Springs. And so I decided, well, if I do the the campaign gig, I'll have to come back here. I had no intention of staying in that part of Virginia. Mm. And the other was to work for the firm in, in Saratoga Springs, which had a lot of clients primarily in tech. I did that job. It quickly became the job from hell. Mm. Uh, I loved the work, didn't like the people. Uh, so after staying there for a little bit, I left. The day I left Saratoga Springs, drove down the Northway, said, yes, I'm out of that hell hole, got back to Albany, didn't think of that through, didn't have another job lined <laughs> up, oh, no. and ended up doing freelance work for a number of small businesses and folks that were looking to do work in their community. And then together with fellow UAlbany alum, Rich Fazio, we decided to start our own communications firm because I was applying for places, nobody was hiring me. And so we started January 3rd, 2012. We had, uh, we had to call it Class D office space on top of the Washington Avenue Armory. <laughs> oh, um, boy. A day like this, um, <laughs> we're, we're recording this, you know, it would have been even colder inside the building. Oh, and then no. certainly in the summer, <laughs> it would be hotter inside the building. Right. So, but we just grew from there. It was a two-person operation. And over the last 11 years, we progressively grew. But part of that has always been being involved. And so I'm involved in a number of nonprofits, charitable endeavors, and I... Always looked, it's always like that phrase, if you want something done, ask a busy person. And I feel like I want to be able to give everything I possibly can to whatever causes or initiatives that are near and dear to my heart. Part of that also is that 
work-life balance. So as we're talking about, like, you've done so many things, like, what does that look like on the personal side? And, you know, I love to travel. I love the bike. I love to just be out and socialize with different friends. And I always tell folks, make the time for yourself in that way. Absolutely. So, so that Amen. is the 50,000. Amen. Uh, well, we joke about that that notion that people think, well, I don't have time for this. You right. do have time. You're choosing you, to do. You're choosing, you make the choice. You're making right. choices. Right. Thank you. But right. they don't want to be accountable for that. Yep. It's more yeah. of an excuse rather than to say, yeah. I'm not making the time for that. I completely agree with that 100%. Yeah. I want to learn more about Feed Albany. Sure. Tell me about that. So as the pandemic, we were learning about the beginning of the pandemic and, you know, the changes that were you know, facing every single uh, aspect of our, of our world. One of the areas that we do a lot of work in is the service industry hospitality. And so uh, together with Dominic Pernomo from DP, Jason and Kay Pierce from Savoy Taproom and a few others, we just decided let's, let's utilize their kitchen because they were closed down because, yeah. because of the mandates. Let's utilize your kitchens to be able to feed restaurant workers at first, restaurant workers, service industry workers. And then we looked at maybe also folks at risk and and need. So as we reconfigure these commercial kitchens that were dining the the elite of Albany and now serving the people that worked in these kitchens, we determined there was a significant need. So progressively, you know, we went from just having one or two days a week using the kitchens at DP primarily and also Savoy Taproom to then it became an everyday operation. And we expanded, obviously, the mission to also include healthcare workers and other workers that were on the front lines of addressing the pandemic. So at that point, we, we decided, that, well, there's an ongoing need. And that's when we formed Feed Albany as a nonprofit. So, you know, over the last three years, they served, it's an incredible number to think about, one million meals. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah, one million meals um, over that time. Yeah. And it's still, it's, still an, it's still an operation. So because of, again, with everything we know with the changes about, you know, just trying to be transitioned, we're working on transitioning that to another nonprofit that also addresses uh, food okay. insecurity. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the mission keeps on going in that way. Gotcha. That's perfect, though. Yeah. You hear about different nonprofits that can't collaborate together, can't Correct. work together because yeah. they're so tunnel visioned on, Correct. I have to do it this right. way with this they're brand, siloed this name, and, and that's all I want to do. Right. Versus right. we're doing this essentially the same thing, serving Correct. the same audience, mm-hmm. reaching the same population. Let's find a way to kind of bridge that. You can still do your specialty area, but right. share some ideas right. and resources. Absolutely. That, that's excellent. And, and you know, what you're describing is, I'm sure it's common in a lot of cities, but here in Albany, that period is so fresh in all of our minds, even right. though it's three years ago now, Ugh, right? I can't believe it's three yeah, years the, ago. The one day it really stuck to me that it was such an impact is we did a, a meal delivery day, well, meal pickup day at uh, Shaker High School in Colony. And the lines of just families coming in just to get the three meals mm-hmm. was incredible. Mm. And so we saw the real impact that day. I can remember back then I would get the school updates because my kids, at least one of them was still in school at that point. And they were saying, all right, meal, you know, food pickup for families was this day and this day. You can come between this window of time. And it just showed you the number of people that were really drastically. There's some of us who were very fortunate. We were able to kind of even work still part time or what have you. But all those families that were completely cut off from everything. 
It's interesting for you know the pandemic, and you know we talk about folks you know working from home and remote work, and I feel my experience was so different because somebody had to pick up the mail in the office. So I went to the office every single day into an eviscerated downtown Albany. Yeah, you know where I was just seeing it, it was like the movie I Am Legend essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, every day. Mm-hmm. So my perspective is so different because you know we were working with clients on you know figuring solutions for their workforce or you know any sort of you know, strategy we can help them to be able to survive. So you know I was always out constantly. We're you know, doing things with Feed Albany. We're helping to address different things with different clients' workforces. And so my perspective is so different. I, I, at some point, I want to be able to to write about it. But yeah, no, it, it definitely was an impactful time. I always think about writing. It's like, where where, where does that fit? I know. Right? But yeah. you, you just have to start. You have to start. I was going to say, you have to make time for it, right? right? That's it. <laughs> you put something else aside. Yeah. 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 I have so many questions that I, I'm trying to like keep them in Anything order. Anything for you. I know. <laughs> Thank you. I want to know two things. I guess the first one will be, okay, tell me more about, you've got this successful communications PR, or what did you call it? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm we, we call it creative, creative. strategy. Because, I mean, yeah. it's a simple way. And um, I was telling this to somebody earlier. Um, it's like the phrase of, you know, the, the shoe cobbler's children uh, will never have good shoes. And the same thing for us at the communications firm, it's also hard for us to, to describe what exactly we do. Right. And so sometimes a simpler way is to describe PR. Or just is creative strategy of at course, that point. Of yeah. course. But now you have a coffee company. Mm-hmm. What you thinking there, fella? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll give you that. It's kind of like left field in a way. A little well, bit. And Unless, not for nothing. Uh, when Jen Massey came to see us, she brought that big basket of goodies, right? Now yeah. you get this, you're, you're branding your, your motor oil coffee right in front of us. Yeah, with tea inside of it. I know. Yeah. Yes. Which are, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you how it started. So a number of years ago, and again, you have to own up to your your failures or your learning lessons, right? Mm-hmm. And so at one point in about seven, eight years ago, I had co-owned a coffee shop in Albany, learned a lot about the business of coffee, learned a lot about the roasting process, about the customer service process, learned a lot about having better business partners. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and so fast forward to two years ago, just a little bit over two years ago, and... You know, I think for anyone in our particular industry, you know, it's it's a very much a personally oriented industry where there's such a, a level of intimate detail in terms of the attention to clients. Mm-hmm. It's a 24-7 type of job if you do it well. And so, you know, Rich is my business partner. I was telling him, we got to figure out some other, not necessarily as active income source, you know, passive income source. So we said, you know, maybe we can do something like, I don't know, maybe do a contract brewery or a contract distillery. You know, we've done branding work for so many others in this area. And we figured upon coffee. I said, you know, coffee, the threshold of getting into the industry is a lot lower. There's not as many rules and regs as there Mm. are in the craft beverage industry. Fair. And we had a client that was sending across the country to auto auctions, whether it was in Kissimmee, Pebble Beach, Stillwater, um, the full range, right? And no matter if somebody had overalls on or a monocle, uh, no matter if the car sold for $1,000 or $10 million, they all came to the car shows and they all said the same thing as they're holding their mug of coffee. Ha, 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 ha. I'm drinking my motor oil right now this morning. And they will all laugh. No matter who they were, <laughs> no matter where they were, their their life disposition, they all would say the same thing. Something that's a great name for a coffee company, Motor Oil Coffee. Mm-hmm. Turns out nobody had the trademark for it. 
That's great. And so Amazing. we immediately, we immediately got to business. Um, worked with a contract roaster to um, be able to help us in that way. And then for those of you who know me, I always do like a pretty massive April Fool's joke every single year. So we did the announcement about Motorola Coffee on April 1st of 2021. They all thought, oh, this is another joke. You know, that, nothing happening. Until the sample bag started to come out. <laughs> um, and so we started doing farmer's markets and car shows and festivals. And this past year in 2022, we were a little crazier and we decided to open up retail locations. Mm-hmm. It's funny how this is all working out right now. We had announced the first location as Slip 12, the Huck Finns redevelopment downtown opening. That'll be the fourth one to open. Yeah. <laughs> even though it was the first one announced. We opened up in Troy. We opened up in uh, Upper Union Schenectady. We have State Street in Albany opening up very, very soon. So it's it's been a whole other experience with that. So curious. Sure. Um, can you make me a fancy coffee drink? I can. Can you make me a heart on the top of I my coffee? I most certainly can. Might, would, would that be on the top of a I latte, a latte or a cappuccino? I can do that. Really? Yeah. Oh, I have to know how to be able to do it all. Yeah. Right. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're going to be in a business, you should, I have a motto of I'm never going to ask my employees to do something that I'm not able to do or wouldn't do myself. And so I was really just busting on you a little bit there. No, (laughs) but I'll tell you that, is the heart going to be a little crooked? Yeah, probably. probably. (laughs) Right, 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 right. right. That's all right though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still stuck on the monocle thing. All I can think of is Mr. Peanut. That's exactly who you would think of, right. Right. And that's who it was. Yeah. It was Mr. Peanut with a mug of coffee. Yeah. I love and, it. And overalls. Yeah. With the top hat. Yeah. With the top hat. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So in your business, in communications, mm-hmm. PR, strategy, is there a common thread or maybe is there something that's trending right now that might be important for people to know about that it could impact their business? Anything from that perspective? I mean, you and I have had you know conversations yeah. about helping to address when a, a bad situation happens and how to get in front of it and what to do. And, and sometimes business owners don't like the strategy or mm-hmm. the solution, but mm-hmm. it ultimately ends up being the right thing for the business. But, you know, what would you say to somebody as, you know, just be careful of these things, regardless if they have a PR campaign or not, but just, you know, for their business as a whole, just to keep a good reputation and integrity in, the, in, the, in their marketplace. And especially because one of our recent guests was talking about the percentage of small businesses. Sure. You know, that, that's most of America. Yeah. Right? So yeah. How, how do we keep them in, in a good spot? I would say this, um, and this goes for whether it's just PR and media relations, crisis comm and, and risk mitigation, is to be authentic. You know, there are companies and organizations when they're trying to address a crisis and they are doing things that would be antithetical to their own brand. I would recommend a, a just staying authentic about who you are, understanding your, your company's core or organization's core values and sticking to that and developing that and ensuring that your entire team understands that culture. What we're finding, what we're seeing is that as we've seen the social upheaval, especially over the last three years, you know, that companies, organizations are trying to address many different audiences on a whole host of issues that affect their staff, that affect their audiences, their, their customers. And if historically you've not done that, you have to figure a way, how can you marry that historic level of perhaps disinterest or whatever it may be to being authentic to your brand. So I think mm-hmm. that's the one thing that we work with with clients about. How can you still stay true to your original mission while addressing societal changes and looking at ways of keeping authentic to your brand? So important. Yeah. 
you know, we, we talk about in our recruitment world about that employer brand right. and even the employer value proposition that companies have to put out there to draw people in. Right. But that authenticity is such an important piece, and especially for the small business. They, they start with a widget or a service or whatever, and they're really good at that from yeah. that small level. But then they get to that scale point where they can't, can't do it all. Right. I'll, I'll give and you they an, lose some of that. Right. I'll give you an example. If you are a an arts organization, and and again, like, let's say historically your audiences are not as diverse, you should not be the one going immediately at the forefront and saying, like, you're going to change this, that, and the other. Be authentic about that plan. Mm-hmm. Do what you can reasonably do within your lane. And that's what I'm trying to get at, too. Yeah. With that. Yeah. That's a great point. Definitely. Absolutely. So carrying on our HR in the car theme, mm-hmm. What is in your roadside assistance kit? Oh, it's a hammer. The big old hammer. Tell us hmm. more. I'm going to tell you why. Um, Are we so, thinking like hammer with zombies and whacking oh, them in I'm, the I'm head? Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you both. I'm going to give right, you both right, sides. Right. It's, it's a very specific hammer. It's the window hammer. And, I'm, okay. and, and so a practical standpoint, if you drive off a bridge and you go into underwater, certainly you can use a hammer. But I think in life... Um, when you have, when you think you are out of options, there's always a way out. So I think that's why we look at right, and then you can whack the zombie in the head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you can do both. Right, 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 right. He's still on our last guest that was talking about <laughs> right? doomsday well, prepping I'm, and zombies. Way too much. Yeah. I'm a Walking Dead fanatic. Yeah. I have yeah. two more episodes to go. I'm a, okay. I'm seasons You'll behind get there. and all that. But okay. Love zombie post-apocalyptic type of shows. I was surprised that they're wrapping up that show. My wife keeps telling me, she's like, they're spinoffs. I'm like, it's not the same not thing. The same. I won't be able to complain about people dying every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never seen an episode, never will. I'm in the same camp as you. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. That, that's a demerit. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> mark it down. Right? Mark it zero. So if you yeah. had one lesson you've learned in being, as you put it, that serial entrepreneur, yeah. you know, if you could change one thing, what, what is it? If I can change one thing. One thing. Oh, is there more? Lessons. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you only get one. No, you get If you I can change one correct, thing. Correct, just one thing. Um, I, I think if, if with anything, I think just to be, I would have loved to have been more confident younger um, with different things. I think that's a one thing. And I wish I took more chances, which is kind of crazy. Now. now, we saw your bio coming in yes, here. To but, say that you, and we know what your age is. I'm mm-hmm. thinking at that, no. Like, no, <laughs> don't do you that. No, you've already no done but that. I guess like for me, like in this like certain situation, I wish I just took the chance instead. And I, yeah. I, I always try to tell like when I speak to classes or I speak to uh, people who are younger than me or older than me um, about you know things you can look at in your life is like find the reason to say yes in a, in a good way. That's yeah. that's not saying saying yes to everything, everything. Mm-hmm. but find the yes to trying to volunteer to a nonprofit, trying to find the yes to saying like, you know what? I haven't seen my friends in a while. I'm going to say yes to hanging out with them. Find that yes. And I, I, I think that's the one lesson I've learned over the years is finding the right yes and not saying yes to everything. I like that you said about the confidence piece, because I do find that in the younger workforce right now, and we have a nice mix in our office, but I oftentimes, I feel like maybe my generation, the Gen Xers, me and Toms of the world, we were overconfident. Mm-hmm. The, the saying, fake it till you make it. Absolutely. Just a little. Was yeah. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. what yeah. you lived by, and you mm-hmm. did. Yeah. I definitely faked it till I made it yeah. a couple of times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I figured it out. And that's where I worry, because I am shocked in how many times I will have a younger person say to me, I don't understand that, or what is that? And I'm like, 
Use your googly machine. I understand that. Well, we didn't even have that then. We didn't have that back then, and it fascinates me. But I do find that there is a lack of confidence. Why, 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 and how, how, how? I think part of it is because their entire livelihood, up to their entire high school career, college career, they could Google everything. But they're not Googling it. But but they had other resources to get that information where we just had to figure it out. There was no alternative. There wasn't anybody to ask. There wasn't anybody to show us. There wasn't a video. There wasn't a TikTok to distract us. Okay. (laughs) Fair, right? So we had to figure it out. Now they're so used to, and and we created it. This is our generation. We created the tools and tech that put them where they are today, and they'll evolve from it. But, you know, I think that's an experience piece, like that non-confidence point in your life. It's a learning moment. We talk about learning moments. You need that to realize, oh, I could have done that better. It's just getting over that hurdle. So but how do we how do we get them more confident sooner, Joe? I think to your point, you know, we definitely see that in our in our team. Uh, we have a very our our team age range is is quite diverse in that sense. I always struggle with that, you know, addressing that with my team is like, I I've always had to develop the different systems, or I've had to look it up some other way. So I never asked them any questions, but I think this generation is used to asking more questions, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, it's great. But also finding the right questions to ask. Yes. <laughs> we have, in, yeah. in my, my team, we yeah. have one really wise crack recruiter and she calls it, uh, we go through these moments where yeah. she asks, what should I do? Yeah. And, and somebody else jumps in and says, wait, 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 I want to answer that. I want to be Tom with hair. Yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> she jumps in, I'm going to have my Tom with hair moment. So yeah. we did this with yeah. a couple of the yeah. other ones, other recruiters recently. And they're like, okay, have your Tom with hair moment go. And so they started bantering back and forth with solutions, which was great to see them kind of think. Right. Oh man, that's right? beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We're, g- we're going to get me a poster. A little there you go. Head on you, the have, wall. you have to do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love yeah. it. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. This was, I, I could talk to you for another two hours, but we try to promise people that these are the best, like, you know, nice contained conversation. Nice contained conversation. Mm-hmm. So, but will you come back? Absolutely. Happy I would to love do that. So. We would love that. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you do in our community and keep on rocking the, the coffee and everything else. We I really appreciate it. I, I'm a I, fool. Was, I was hinting. I know, I'm right? a fool for not doing that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's or what next a mug. Time's for. I mean, yeah. even like a, you know, like I a coffee mug could have been well, nice too. But well, next time I come on. I thought he was like a. A strategy guy. <laughs> but now you now he's left in his own crisis. But now you're left wanting more. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> yes, we are definitely. Well, Joe, thanks, thanks for so joining much. us. You got we it. appreciate you. So what'd you think about authenticity? I love it. I can't tell you the number of times where you've had conversations with folks and they're just so surface and you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. I think what was really interesting about what he said about if your company has always done things a certain way and then all of a sudden you're changing because social pressures or other things that might be going on, it's not going to come across authentic. No. And But if you have a true desire to change your ways and move in that direction, then you may need to work with a company like Joe's company to kind of make sure you're coming across genuine and authentic. Right. And I think that's really important because I do think a lot of companies maybe woke up over the last couple of years on a lot of different issues. Yeah. I think they're, you know, everyone's scrambling to find new revenue streams, whether it's from a non-for-profit side of things or a for-profit side of things, finding new avenues. But there is a bit of this, let's stay in our lane and we talk about it yeah. and some of the things that we do. Could we do a bunch of other, other stuff? Yeah, but not great. I'm right. sure we do it great, but <laughs> you get where I'm saying is, you know, that, that follow your path, stay in your lane. You can collaborate with somebody 
to bring in the extra piece if you need to. Absolutely. I loved how he talked about confidence a little bit too, because if you're meeting Joe in person and talking with him, and I'm sure even listening to him, you hear confidence coming right through. Absolutely. And I think it's important for especially young people who might be listening or older folk who might be listening, who can give advice to the younger people they work with or live with, that it happens over time and it's okay and um, you'll get there and don't be ashamed of it. No, and I think the one thing I would ask him if we had another minute with him is kind of separating that as we talk about generational differences in the young folks coming into the workforce now is that difference between confidence and arrogance because sometimes they just haven't learned that balance yet. And if they had a mentor to kind of guide them, this is what this looks like, this is what that looks like, but he's got it down. You know, I can't imagine him not being confident. Absolutely. So for more on Joe, you'll see the show notes um, with this podcast, a nice bio, and then more information about Feed Albany and other things that uh, Mr. Bonilla was involved with. Thanks so much for listening. Check out alant.com for more information about this podcast or any of our other episodes that have already aired. Thanks so much for listening. 